0: Welcome to the Isles Buzz Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for everything surrounding your New York Islanders. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Petru and Noel Fogelman.
2: Well, that was something, huh? The last couple of games, the, uh, the Islanders always keep it interesting, and we like to keep it interesting here as well on the Isles Buzz Podcast. Uh, we have lots to talk about today. Busy show. Pete Weber of the Nashville Predators will be joining us as well. Uh, but we have a lot to break down over the past week. Uh, since we last convened, a lot has happened, Noel.
1: What, I'm still watching um, last night's game on the NBC app. So right now it's 3-2 Islanders. So don't tell me what happened. Oh, okay. No spoilers. I'll, hopefully will get to it. No spoilers. Man, that, that app. I mean, I know most of the apps aren't the, aren't the, the greatest. Well, NHL TV's is 30 seconds. It has to be 30 seconds. Right. That's, That's the rule. The rule okay. is 30 seconds okay. Uh MSG Go is not good. Uh, yeah, it
2: crashes, but the delay is not bad. It's not as it's bad 30 as delay.
1: the disasters of NBC, uh, NBC.
2: It's funny. After Martin scored, I knew you were watching on the app. So I texted Noah. I was like, hey, are you on a delay? And so that he you said something like,
1: uh, I just got an alert that Martin scored. Yeah. And then like nine minutes later, you saw it. It's, it's ridiculous. And then there was one time... I forgot who who had the puck was, you know, going into the neutral zone. All of a sudden, I went to commercial. Nice. I don't know if it, That's it, the worst. It, it, That's it, caught, worst. It, it caught up to itself. I don't know what... But both goals I missed because it was, it was freeze. And then finally, when uh, Everly scored, it sped up. Oh, my God. So I missed it in sort of celebration. So finally, I realized that <sighs> I can just watch it on the DirecTV app. There you go. And luckily enough, the game was on there, and it's marginally better. They're running it through... Uh, they're running it up at America Online. Yeah, 3.0. Yeah, 14-4 modem. Yeah, but yeah, let's talk about the last two games. Yeah, which, two games of um, interesting. Very exciting games, very <clears throat> important games, and they got four points. They didn't leave any points on the table. They it wasn't
2: play. pretty. There's so, plenty to talk about, but yeah,
1: both these uh, are huge points. Though. Yes, and both first periods were really good. I mean, yes, they you were. Say, I hate to use this term, Islanders hockey, Right, but the first and third periods of Monday night's game, well, that that
2: Bavillier goal uh, against the Capitals was not Islanders hockey. No, it was precision passing <laughs> that, and a beautiful yeah, finish.
1: That was, it was, yeah, it was yeah, tick tock toe and in, in the net, and it was Zetek bow. W- uh, there you go. Hey. Uh, copyright that gold, Jerry. Yeah, exactly. We got Martin scoring. You know, back to back games. <laughs> Whew. I mean, Leo Komaroff. I know oh, uh, Leo. Had, He's playing great the last couple games. Um, yeah, but not
2: only did he, has he scored the past two games, he's been an absolute pest.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there was a tweet that he scored more in the past 24 hours than he has in the past year. It's a good role for him. The fourth it, line is a good is. role. And the thing with that, his role may have to expand, because we're still waiting a word on Keith Sisekis, who left last night's game right. early in the first, took a skate to the leg. Uh, they're off today. They're traveling down to Nashville. Hopefully we'll get some word when they land. I'd imagine they will call up either Call Bardrow or Adelcoyble. I guess you could also just go with Komarov as the fourth line center. You really could, and then you could insert, I guess, Ross Johnston. Yeah, in, into the lineup. Again, I don't love that.
2: Yeah. Here's I, the thing: I don't mind. Or, jo- I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Red Ross uh, Plank. I don't, Mm -hmm. not at all, because a lot of people are going crazy over Bellows being scratched over him. Like, he had to play against the the Capitals, and he made a difference. He did. Wilson is... um, He's afraid of him. Clearly. Yeah. Wilson's not effective when Johnston plays. Right. So, but I just thought thought that you didn't need Martin and Johnston both in the lineup, but then Martin goes out and scores. Of course, yeah. Yeah. That's why Barry Trotz is Barry Trotz. Yeah, exactly. But I I just felt like you didn't need both of them in the lineup at the same time. However, Martin's been really good the last two games, so I guess Trotz knows what he's doing. Um, (laughs) But the... But here's the critical thing: two back-to-back wins against division teams. Yeah. They
1: were neck and neck with in regulation. That's the key. And we're watching the end of the game. I got home in time to watch. Oh, the third, last night was crazy because you knew they were going to tie it. You off. knew the second
2: I, period was terrible. They were okay in the third.
1: The second was terrible. The second terrible. was a disaster. It really was. I, <clears> the third they were they were okay. It wasn't like the third against the Capitals where they just locked it down. It was right, right. no, The third vintage, was good against the Capitals. Right. Right. But uh, I was watching you know the end of the game and it's you know Tony's son Zach you think they're going to score under two minutes, under a minute? You know, what do you think? He, said, a, he said about 90 seconds, and then they nailed it. It was a very fluky goal. I it was. Barlamov had one bad goal last night, uh, and Grice
2: also had probably one bad goal. Um, so yeah. there's been a little, you know, the goaltending hasn't been great, but it's, it's, been, been, fun. it's been, been fine. It's been yeah. you know, It's been fine. Um, but there's been some defensive breakdowns uh, that have not been good the past two games, uh, but it's kind of amassed by the, the ability to actually score goals. So there's definitely some things that have to get cleaned up. Letty still has to be better. Boychuck is what he is. He has his warts, but overall, he's still fine. Mayfield has been just—he's a poor man, Boychuck, But the problem is, it's almost like they're the same player. And hopefully, with Hickey coming back soon, maybe Mayfield can get a couple uh, get a couple games up in the uh, in the in the press box. He's just been bad the last. We few weeks actually. Yeah,
1: and you know he's he's been good up until that point. Right. You know he's he's a good defenseman. He's, he's just, probably a seven. He probably is a third line slash seventh. He's a six seven you know? probably, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, right. Affordable contract. You know, he's got a good shot. It's a sneaky good shot. You know, he puts it on net, which, has, which, which yeah, is yeah, but good. he has
2: terrible offensive instincts.
1: He does. He does.
2: But and he just hasn't been good in his own end. He needs to be good in his own end in order no, to play. No. And the
1: thing is, there's no like. Like you say there's, there's no other defenseman to, to like challenge these guys. Aho, up and down, you know I would be Hickey. Hickey and that's good news that he's actually gonna practice. The soundtrack is have four games and six nights. So they do. let him play those four games and then all of a sudden you can bring up Hickey, hopefully he's healthy, ready to go. And maybe that helps Lou not look for another defenseman. I mean but the part of the obviously, they, obviously, they have to wait and see what's going on with uh, Sizika's. Yeah, because th- that's the big deal. That shouldn't deter whether they get, say, you know, Paggio or something like that, or even someone bigger. Right. But they, they they really need a third line center. Hopefully, they won't need a fourth line center. True. But because um, I feel like if it's not long term, Kamara could fill that role. Kamara, or even you know, Kunak, well, if he's going to be out of the doghouse. Or well, you can, dog you, you can
2: bring you can bring. You can put Komarov at center and then bring Kunako back in. You could, in. and platoon those guys. And you can you go Kunako,
1: uh Martin, and Komarov.
2: That probably is fine on the fourth line. You probably can get because I okay. want Because I want to leave Bellows in the lineup. Yeah. yeah. Even though he didn't do anything last night, he was, he's still noticeable. He's still noticeable. And he's making Dalcole play a hell of a lot better.
1: He, Dal Col's been very noticeable. He's been good the last month. Right. He, he, even before uh, Bellows came, and those two played, obviously, together last year. They so did. They had a little mm-hmm. bit of chemistry. Right. Um, maybe we're getting a little more offense out of Del Col. Maybe. You know. And
2: broussard has been good with them too. broussard
1: has so. been good and I know we've been a little critical of <clears throat> Matt Barzell shooting the puck. Yes. Uh the last couple games he's been dominant. He's been great. He, he's and this is what offensively. We need. He still has,
2: hasn't been turning puck over a couple back. Of, bad uh, of course, yeah. But he still has five
1: points in his last three games. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then look at, you know, the elite winger, Josh Bailey. Yeah, he's you hot. Know. Yeah, he even got yeah, a secondary every, assist on his goal. Uh, Ten time. goals in
2: the last two games. Everybody's moving right yeah, now. Yeah, But it, the it, thing is they're getting production from the third line, they're getting they're getting production from their top six, and they've gotten a few goals from the fourth line. So, like, look, they still need help offensively, but this is good. And they've scored some dirty goals. They've scored some ugly goals. And lo and behold, that gives you a little more space to score the pretty goals. Yeah. And then, um,
1: even before these games, it was like everyone was on edge because they were, what, one point in, in the playoffs? You know, it's, this, the, the Blue Jackets were ahead so. of them. The vision's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, the, the Flyers were ahead of them. But they got the four <laughs> points and didn't give any points away. Right. And right now, they're kind of like in the it's a middle ground right now. They're back in third. The Goldilocks zone. Yeah, it's it's weird because they're five points above the third wildcard team. Right. And they're five points behind the caps. The caps are a disaster, right? Yes, now. they are. Their defense they're, stinks. they're bad in their own end. Yeah, their, their goalie situation is very And their goalies aren't bad. They're not bad. They give
2: up way too many high danger exactly. scoring chances. And it's like yeah. these goalies have to stand on their head. I really yeah. think the Caps are one and done unless they clean up this defense. Yeah, uh, right. And you then, can't outscore your problems all
1: the time in the playoffs. You just can't outscore your yeah. problems. Look at the Lightning. I know. You can't outscore your wrinkles. And the Lightning right now, so I mean, the Islanders, they have no offense against the Lightning. None. But they're just dominant right now. They are.
2: They, were, they, were, they played a very tentative road game that thought that they could steal a point maybe. Yeah. Um, but the couple breakdowns and Varlamov was really good in that game too. Um, it just it stinks because they they just were they were fine in their own yeah. end, but it's almost like they were. I feel like they gave the Lightning too much respect where they were yeah. so tight in their own end they got nothing going offensively. Yeah. But you know Tampa's playing great in their yeah. own end as well right now too. Yes, yeah. has been really good. Um, they actually helped the Islanders out with wins over Columbus and, and Pittsburgh. Exactly. So
1: and then you look at Pittsburgh, Meade. Because there was a trade last week that was more of a necessity trade than like the start of the whole yeah. trade deadline, where it's curious. They get Jason soccer, They gave up a lot. They did. They gave up a lot. But you put Sucker next to um, Crosby, that could be a good match.
2: Right. It's like you look at the first, like the, the Penguins just like, are right, we're going for it. We're not going to draft in the first round for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up one of their better prospects, and they got Galchenyuk's money off the books. Um, for a guy who kind of is like a poor man, Jordan Eberle um, mm. had a, one or two good years, but it's one of those things: is you put these guys with Crosby, and Malkin, they suddenly become sixty point players. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I think right now, obviously, for the Penguins, they're going for it, so fine. Long term, they're going to be screwed in a couple of years. Yeah. Because
1: you know, you have to draft in the first round every so often. It, it does help, but you know what? They're a team that wins. They, they think about now, right? because w- w- Which is fine. You they know, can. Yeah, I wish the Islanders would do that a little more sometimes. But if they, if they ended up winning the division, which they could win this division. They could. They could even still get the number one seed. So I like, have no,
2: by the way, I have no problem playing the Capitals in the playoffs. Bro.
1: I have no problem playing the Capitals no. or the Pens. E- either one. There's Pens might be more difficult right now. Um, you know, I mean, because they, they beat them last year. You know, I'm They had the confidence. It's a little different. It's a little bit different. Yeah. But there's no Gensel.
2: No, but
1: that doesn't seem to matter. There's no. 87 and 71.
2: Right. No, it's, you're, you're absolutely right there. Um, and Jari's been great. He's, he's been very. And good. Whereas Matt Murray, I'm not. I'm not really. Matt Murray does nothing for me. I'm, I have no problems playing Matt Murray in the playoffs. No,
1: but Jari's been really. Yeah. good But you know what? At the honors somehow. <coughs> let's just say they finish second. Where, where are they? They get home ice. Yeah. Play these games at Barclays because they're dominant Barkley this year. They've they have, been great at Barkley They haven't lost. The, the crowds have been good there too. It, it's been good. No more, you know, up and down. You know, just take, play at one place. Play one place, and I think they'll do that this year. So
2: if they can't be the Coliseum for everything, I don't know if they've done the renovations to to fix the comms problems there. Where they can have. It. There's
1: still leaks in the roof. More that's the true. Poms, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Did you see the Prudential Center yesterday? Yeah. The t shirt gun shot yeah. out one of the tiles. That's really
1: funny. That, that's but, um And the person was
2: trying to walk out with the tile. Yeah.
1: That was the best part. Right. And, and quick news about uh, Belmont. They re- reported this week in Newsday that it's a 25 year old. Ironclad. 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 And this time it should be ironclad because where are they going? You know, there's there's no issue with this now. This is the arena. They're designing the arena. Right. There's, you know, if, if they make the scoreboard off center, do. Uh, what's it called? Um, Obstructive views. Then that's their own problem. Yeah, you not know, okay. they'll, they'll be fine. They'll be here for longer than 25 years. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Hickey, who's going to play another Bridgeport News. Uh, they send Bodie Wild back to the OHL. Right. Uh, which, which is good because it's kind of a lost year. Yeah, this he missed year. all training camp. Missed all training camp. He played about 20 games, only had two points. He off injured as well. But you know what? He's still young. Yeah. He's 20 years old. He's got you know high ceiling. Get him there. His team's in, the, in the first place. Let him play. Cause yep. Bridgeport's obviously not going anywhere this year, and more importantly, it opens up a roster spot. Right. Now they have uh, two roster spots in 48 out of the 50, so they couldn't, yeah, you know, make a trade, you know, to acquire players because I don't think they're going to trade anyone off the roster or right. off the you know NHL roster. Right, someone for Bridgeport possibly, but it does open a spot for uh, potentially a trade in less than two weeks here.
2: Yeah, you have to think so. Obviously that, that move, you, once you saw that move it was like, Okay, they need a roster spot open. So now that gives them some more flexibility. And for Wild, uh, like I said, all missing all training camp, kind of a lost season. So let him go back, let him play in juniors, get his confidence back up, make a run for the Memorial Cup and come into camp next year ready to go. He's nineteen years old, it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. And uh before we go to break, uh just gonna say our thoughts and prayers go out to you, J. Meister. Yes. That was very scary last night what happened in Anaheim, um, he was alert and conscious, so that's a good sign right there. You know,
2: we, we, we get on the NHL for doing a lot of things wrong, um, but the one thing they do right is their emergency response. Is, yeah. is, is, there's nothing better. They right. have two doctors within 50 feet of the benches at all times. Right. They have the EMT, EMT trucks ready to go. The trainers, are, everyone's cross-trained. It was the Ducks trainer who was the first one there, and it's just they they have saved Rich, we Rich Peverly, um, Richard Zednik when, when he got the skate yeah. slashed his throat, they have saved numerous lives because of the response that they have. And they actually, I didn't realize this, they rehearse that. They go through the, they, right. they, 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 all these guys go, to the doxy the MTs, they all go through training. All the trainers go through training on how to respond. And it's, it's world, world class. This is uh, yeah. I wish I wish our government could respond to a yeah. hurricane the way these guys respond right. on the bench. So kudos to the duck staff, kudos to the blue the blue staff and the EMTs and the doctors to help of Jay Meester and we hope he has a, a quick recovery.
1: Yeah, and more. I don't think more importantly, but it was very good that they postponed the game. Absolutely, you know you can't play after them. It's not it's not you right. know important at all. They'll reschedule yeah. it later. You can't play after them. Yeah, absolutely. But um, after the break, the one and only P Weber.
2: I'm Alex Rodriguez.
1: And
2: welcome back to the Isles Buzz podcast. Hockey fans, check out VintageIceHockey.com, one of our proud sponsors, uh, and use coupon code BUZZ15 to save 15% off your orders. Shipping's always free, and it's a, just a great place for, for defunct hockey teams. Uh, t-shirts, hoodies, uh, sweatshirts, uh, women's apparel, uh, Mugs it has everything, and they're always adding new teams. They're always adding new leagues. Every every Monday, there's there, there's a new team out there. There's some great stuff on there. There's some former Islander teams on there. I picked up a New England Whalers T-shirt. Uh, there's a lot. The, the Long Island Ducks are on there, so there is a lot to uh, lot to check out on there. So once again, vintageicehockey.com. Use the coupon code Buzz15. Uh, Tuesday, no had a chance to catch up with Predators play-by-play announcer Pete Weber, and here is that conversation.
1: All right, and joining me now, the radio voice of the Nashville Predators, Pete Weber. Pete, how's it been?
0: Well, it's been a real up and down sort of experience this season. Uh first time in Predators' history in you know, twenty two years they've ever made an in season coaching change. And uh, that by itself is remarkable. Uh the team got off to a great start, then in November you talk about hitting some runs on the road, that's what they did.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know were you kind of surprised that they let uh Peter Lovely let go?
0: Uh, and I'm surprised because it was David Poyle's call to make. And in 38 years as an NHL general manager, I think this was only the second time he's done such a thing in season. So that alone was the surprise, I think, for most of us.
1: Right. And just the state of, you know, the Predators, they're right now four points out of the wild card. Uh, doesn't look like they're going to catch the Stars for the you know, third spot in the Central So the trade deadline is kind of early this year. It's less than two weeks away. Do you think think they'll be buyers or sellers, or are they going to stand pat?
0: I don't think they will stand pat. I think they're going to go one way or the other there, but I don't think that's going to be determined until the end of this upcoming weekend. The Islanders game here on Thursday, and then they have a huge home-and-home Saturday and Sunday with the St. Louis Blues. I think they'll know where they stand after that and then david Poyle has all these scenarios already mapped out and he'll decide uh, which turn of the road he will take
1: right and just, you think know, a couple players you know they brought in matthew shane who i know he was yeah. on the islanders' radar for a little bit you know signed a good contract in nashville uh, you think he's been kind of a disappointment there
0: i don't know that he has been i think that they've had trouble keeping healthy wingers around him right and now he's become a winger again on a line with ryan Johansson, which i think has picked ryan up a little bit and then the other question is okay who is the other winger on that line and i think in the last week alone i've seen four different guys over there <laughs> so you've got to settle upon that and then uh, and it's tough to do it while you're trying to do all this evaluation at this time of year
1: right has there been any update on ryan ellis you know who got hurt in the winter classic
0: <laughs> yes he uh went with the team on this road trip that's just concluded. He skated with the guys every day, and that was the first such activity he has had since that January 1st injury. I think he is rather close to coming back, and when he does, that will put everybody in their more accustomed slots, and if he can return and play with Roman Yossi, then Dante Fabro, who is a professional rookie this year, will likely move down to another slot uh, either with Matias Eccle or perhaps with Dan Hamu. So that will put everybody more in the pecking order that had been intended for them.
1: Right. And you know, David Poyle looks, you know, to to make, you know, a move and kinda of like ship some guys out. Who would you possibly think uh could be had from that scene?
0: Well unless uh, <clears throat> unless they find out that Ryan Ellis is not as close to returning as I think he is anyway, uh, they might be looking for a D-man, but isn't everybody. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering if the biggest price to be paid as we head into deadline time is not going to be for whomever decides that they want Alec Martinez from the Los Angeles Kings with the Stanley Cup background that he has and uh, still very young player. Uh, somebody that could fit in someplace. I, I'm wondering if that's not going to be the premium piece that uh, many teams are going to try to add.
1: Right, and I'm just you know s- switching to the Islanders a little bit. And you, you know, you know Barry Trotz well, having you know been yes been there from the you know, inception of, of the team. You know, since a couple of years ago. Um, what do you think? You know, his like strengths were as a coach you know, with the National person, and kind of looking at what he's done with the Islanders now.
0: His interpersonal relationships, without question, are what makes him the guy who knows how to push what button with what player <clears throat> to get the most mm-hmm. out of them. And when we see what he did just last year alone to take the Islanders to mm-hmm. tops in the league in goals against, obviously he has strong defensive uh, background for that, And I think that he also has, he gets guys to enjoy playing for the team and then for him. I I think it's more team first than playing for Barry. And uh, I I guess I have more insight from that because I just finished reading Michael Ruzzioni's book on the Miracle on Ice team and how they all... Interacted with Herb Brooks, who would not be known as uh, someone who was trying to uh, you know win friends and influence people. Uh,
1: Trotzzi is more of the latter. There, he does do just that. Right, and then you look at like, a player like Matt Barzal, who won the Calder. He had like over uh-huh. eighty points his rookie year, and then obviously his production went down. Just kind of get you know acclimated to Trotzzi's system. You know, he's been you know bench a couple times in the third, so it's kind of like you know feeling out. The relationship, obviously, I think it's made Matt a better overall player. But just yep. you know, on the outside looking at, you know, thoughts on like Matt Barzell and even like a Brock Nelson, who's been like unbelievable under trots
0: Brock Nelson is the type of player that Barry Trots I think, coaches best. Matt Barzell is the sort of guy. Well, number one, he knocked all of our socks off in the uh, fastest <laughs> skater competition. <laughs> A couple of weekends ago in St. Louis. Uh, he was this year's, if you will, Kendall Cohen's cornfield. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> knock everybody's eyes out with the, with the reading that he had there. But uh, Barzell is just a marvelous talent. Uh, Trotsky knows how to handle the marvelous talents. And uh, he, hey, I think the best testimony to that is what he got out of this Ovechkin guy that we're talking about a lot of late, and keeping him off the board, I know last night was a big accomplishment for the New York Islanders as their victory over the Capitals.
1: Yeah, uh, the, he almost got credited. I think he did get credited, but they changed it back to John Carlson. So once he you know he had that, I thought you know he was going to be uh, pre- pretty quick to get 700 uh, Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think NBC wanted it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they did. Absolutely. But but just looking overall at the West, I mean it's it's so tight. I mean they're like so. You look at the Islanders. The Islanders would be ahead of everyone. But I think St. Louis in in the West. Just just your thoughts about the whole like tight Western Conference this year. It's been,
0: but this is no different than what it's been most of my existence (laughs) uh, here in Nashville. I mean going back to the fall of '98, uh, it's maybe the parity has picked up greatly. I mean back then Detroit was in the Western Conference and they were spending more in their power play than the Predators were in their whole roster in their minor league organization. So that resulted in some disparity. But I think ever since 06, that you throw a blanket over the Western Conference and anybody can come out of it. St. Louis was the greatest example of that last year. And then go back to the Los Angeles Kings when they won their first cup in 2012. They came in as the eighth seed and then knocked off an order seeds one two and three in the conference before going on to beat the devils and win the stanley cup for the first of their two cups in three seasons the parity in the western conference is just an accepted thing you just don't know how thin the margin of uh, error or the margin of success is going to be for you here uh think about the clubs that are just on the outside looking in right now as are the predators and then i think back again to three years ago the predators Best playoff run came when they were the last team to make the playoff field. So that's how I think, you know, tournament tough these teams come to be in the Western Conference.
1: Yeah. So that's why you think, with, with obviously, with the earlier trade deadline, that, few, you know, fewer Western Conference teams will make moves because they think they have a shot.
0: Yes, I do think that. And so that might alter things for them a little bit. But all of us love trade deadline time and uh, sometimes we get disappointed if the 50 trades we have in our minds right. don't get executed but uh, it is a great time of year. The uh, Interest certainly heightens a great deal and uh, now of course you can't go into this at all without some great mess or a great uh, ability to handle a spreadsheet because that's what comes up perhaps more importantly than anything else at this time of year. Can you fit that contract in or if you fit that mm. contract in what contracts do you
1: have to get rid of? Yeah, it's it's you know it's a lot of work just you know with the numbers and everything like that. Now, just a real question about like pl- the playoffs itself. Would you be in favor of them just like going to like a, a strictly one to sixteen uh, seeding?
0: I think I'd be more in favor of one through eight in each conference. conference
1: going back to uh, that, right?
0: because uh, the one to sixteen. I I was involved in the league when we had that. Right. And uh, we also had an airline strike. So I was in Los Angeles with the Kings. And we're coming down the stretch trying to figure out where we're going for the playoffs. And as we're making our travel plans uh, here at the old practice rink in Culver City, we sit down and realize we could play the Atlanta Flames. We could play the New York Islanders. We could play the Philadelphia Flyers. We could play the New York Rangers. What are we going to do, especially with the cut down on the number of flights from coast to coast? Our last game was on a Saturday. The league finished up the schedule on Sunday. After our game on Saturday, and we're all traveling commercially then, we decide we're going to fly to New York because if it's Philadelphia, fine, we're very close. If it's uh, the Islanders and the Rangers, we're fine. The only thing that would have left us in a real quandary would have been if we had to gone to Atlanta. To play the Flames, but it worked out to be the New York Rangers in Fred Shero's first year with the Rangers, and we lucked out greatly. And uh, the nicest thing was that we saw the penultimate game of the year at Madison Square Garden with the Rangers and the Islanders. The night the pot fan is a vacuum cleaner, or I'm just paraphrasing, <laughs> the right. champ began for the first time.
1: Yeah, oh, it's and it's it's been chanted many, many times since then. <laughs> it's <never> been repeated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned your time with the Kings, and uh, Butch Goring is having mean, his number retired in, in a couple yep. of weeks, and I know you uh, knew Butch well from your days with the Kings.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him coming up here.
1: Yeah, um, I remember it was a couple of years ago we, we talked about you, you, uh, you were, I guess, the driving force of that trade from the Kings to the Islanders, right?
0: Well, I don't know if I was the driving force of it, but I'll tell you this. I was the guy who took him to the airport in Montreal to join the Islanders on that trip. And then uh, was the guy who, in Atlanta, speaking of Atlanta, that's funny, isn't it? We mentioned Atlanta several times in the hockey conversation. They've been out of the league for eight years now. But uh, went into Atlanta and then where we picked up uh, Billy Harris uh, coming on uh, as part of that trade and Dave Lewis. So that was... uh, Memories that I just can't wipe out of my uh, random access right now.
1: Right. So what was like the conversation like in the car driving him to the airport? Uh, well, we
0: were talking about Butch. Yeah. This is a great chance for you. The, you're going to have a chance to play with some bigger wingers. Uh, and, you know, ultimately there's John Tinelli there's Bobby Nystrom on, uh, on occasion around him. And you've got a really good chance to win. that and, and, Because the year before... When uh, the Rangers ended up going to the final, and that was the last of the four straight uh, cups for the Montreal Canadiens, you had no idea. You knew that the Islanders had had some growing pains moving along through the playoffs. Right. But uh, we felt that Butch would be that piece, and we'd already talking about trade deadline acquisitions. And I don't think that there has been a more impactful uh, NHL trade deadline acquisition than was Butch Goring in 1980.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, dr- you know, driving force. You know, for those uh, four of cups. You know, consmite the winner as well. Uh, before I let you go, I know we uh, both spent some time with the Sabers, and uh, <laughs> it, it seems like they just can't get out of their own way. What do you think's going on up in Buffalo?
0: I don't know that they. it's not as simple as it used to be. In that there was one chief executive. Running the hockey club right. now, there seem to be a lot of cooks in that kitchen, and I think that's what has confused things there. Uh, the corporate uh, approach to sport, which we're not going to escape now, we right. know that uh, is such that uh, it make, it weakens the one strong individual who might know what it is that they should be doing, and uh, that's what I'm concerned about as far as the Sabers are going right now. Yeah, you know they, they don't have a Bill Tory. Who could step up and say yeah this is what we need to do so let's do it and that's what was so important in that islanders dynasty
1: yeah it sure was and you know it, it, it took a few a few years to actually get a you know i guess a grown-up gm since bill yes. i guess would be the nice way to put it <laughs> yeah that's right yeah um I guess, I guess I'll, we'll leave it. one more question. Uh, with the Islanders, is there anyone that you've seen besides, obviously, you know, Barzell, Brock Nelson, who, who has pre- impressed you this year? Well,
0: obviously, I'm prejudiced toward Anders Lee. I mean, right. a good Notre Dame boy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've seen what he's been able to do with that team. It's been very impressive to me. Uh, and not bad for a guy who really thought he was going to end up as a quarterback for the rest of his life.
1: Yeah, it's probably why he, you know, fell to the sixth <laughs> round. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Exactly, But what a great acquisition he's turned out to be. And I think most franchises can go down their draft lists and see people that, well, for example, when I was with the Kings, and I don't know why we published this in the Media Guide, but uh, Dave Taylor, you know, a, a right. great right winger on the triple crown line with Marcel Dion and Charlie Simmer. They put down, King Scouts had rated Dave a definite can-miss prospect (laughs) when he came out of Clarkson. Uh, But uh, when he was at Clarkson, he was like 5'8 and 155 pounds. Uh, Then he grew into that uh, sizable right wing.
1: Yeah, he he sure did. But Pete, uh, thank you for a few minutes today and uh, have a good broadcast on Thursday.
0: Looking forward to it. And uh, I'll have to try and send you some notes after we get through all of this the next few days. Maybe, who knows, there might be another big trade or so coming up in the NHL in the next few days.